This is Frank Dominguez for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast. Our region is about to welcome a new orchestra to the cultural scene. The Rock Hill Symphony Orchestra of South Carolina begins its inaugural season with a concert titled Opening Fireworks on Saturday, September 8th at 7.30 p.m. in Rawlinson Auditorium. Joining me is the music director of the orchestra, Dr. David Rudge, who will be conducting the first concert program, which includes Showstoppers by Berlioz, Smetna, and Rimsky-Korsakov, as well as the iconic Tchaikovsky Piano Concerto No. 1 with guest soloist Marina Lomazov. Maestro, let me start with you and a somewhat provocative question that I'm sure you have a good answer for. There are many regional orchestras in the Carolinas already. Why does Rock Hill need one, and why now? Yeah, there are 11. There are 11 towns with orchestras in South Carolina, and um, I was assuming that Rock Hill had one. I asked um, an old student if she's playing in that one, as we drove through, actually, and it turned out that there was none, and in it's York County, which is the fastest-growing region in the country in the last two years, apparently. The community is interested in catching up culturally to sports, catching up to industry, tourism, people moving in, and with an orchestra. So there's a lot of enthusiasm for it, and it's only been about nine or ten months from that conception till now, and we're about to start a first season. A board was formed. We have 40 volunteers and 82 sponsors, and we've raised the money for a professional orchestra. I think the enthusiasm matches the need, and uh, it's happening. Yeah, it's a good reflection if uh, you were able to create the not-for-profit status and get the kind of support you need in the first place uh, to get something like that launch. Now, you mentioned it's a professional orchestra, so where are these musicians coming from? Well, it's, it's numbering about 65 now, and about 15 of them are from Winthrop College or around York County, around the immediate area, and then the rest of them, as uh, these other orchestras do, will be coming from other places, Asheville, Greenville, Charleston, Columbia mostly, and uh, all of these orchestras do that. They bring people in uh, to to make the orchestra, and then they go out. So a lot of the players will have played together. They'll know each other. Some won't. You know, it'll be a different configuration, and we'll have to make it work, and it will. Apparently, it's there are very good hand-picked players, uh, and uh, look forward to it. You're currently also the director of orchestras and opera at the State University of New York. You're also music director of the Orchard Park Symphony, and you were the music director of the Symphony Orchestra of Guatemala, I read uh, yeah. on your website, yeah. and a Fulbright teaching fellow in the Middle East. So I know that in the past you've worked in South Carolina as well, but given that international range of your career, what interested you about taking on this latest position? Well, those orchestras I've conducted abroad are, are as a guest conductor, and um, I was in South Carolina for three years, uh, finishing uh, doing my doctorate at the university. South Carolina, and and I loved it here. It was great, you know. It was uh, I played in some of those orchestras as a violinist, and uh, then was conducting as assistant conductor S. C. Phil in Columbia, and and um, I was visiting actually again, and uh, I I like the area, I love the people, and uh, and it's exciting to start a new orchestra like this, you know, with orchestras caving in around the country for different reasons. I don't think those reasons are always because people don't like this music. I believe that. You know, there are all kinds of uh, reasons and of management and different things. But um, in this case, we have we have good management, and we're not about to make it top-heavy either. We're going to spend the money on the music and on the, on the musicians and, uh, and on wonderful soloists we have booked as well. 
So uh, it's an interesting challenge that I've taken on. We all have. In a moment, I'll ask you about the program for the first concert, but what's your vision for the orchestra? Obviously, these are early days for it, and this is the the first season of it, but what do you hope to bring to the community beyond uh, classical music concerts on a regular basis? There's a couple of other areas we'll branch out into once we start with this sort of core repertoire, core classics. Um, A lot of the pieces we're doing this year are just sort of solid mahogany, beautiful uh, masterworks, you know. And then um, we're looking at family concerts. We're looking at adding them later this first season. And then um, we have an educational component, which we're going to institute. And uh, there's possibilities of children's concerts, pops concerts. But also, besides just going right into the sort of pops world, Besides that, and people, of course, are already asking for outdoor concerts. That's a really thing that people love to hear, to go to. But um, the idea of sort of crossover artists always fascinates me. I've done concerts with different people like that. Mark O'Connor, I've worked with him, and um, and uh, I've done pieces for like African percussion ensemble and orchestra, or gypsy jazz, or things that are really actually pretty high quality, and then going together with it, you know, and... Uh, and it can work out if it's the right artist and uh, the right combination. And it can be very uh, alluring to people as well, you know. And uh, so it's interesting because we'll have people, of course, who know a lot about classical music and others who don't and are curious. And then um, the tickets are selling, so the curious are coming. And then it'll be a challenge to how much to talk about it in concert, how much to sort of get them on board with this wonderful world of orchestral music and and then have them come back you know and what about education i know that that's always a really uh, important focus uh, increasingly so for not-for-profit organizations especially arts related ones so what aspirations do you have in that regard well we have two of the board members and the players uh are core to that mission and they're both very experienced in um, either one is a consultant around the country for orchestras, educational concerts, and the other one is doing them, uh, heading them up uh, in Hilton Head and other places. And <clears throat> excuse me. And the uh, the idea is three prong actually. One is for younger kids in elementary school where they're going to take a string quartet in, and they also have twenty string instruments donated, so they'll they'll start to really get the kids started or continue. And by the end, they'll be playing somehow with the quartet. The second one is the sort of traditional orchestra model where last evening I had a meeting with a whole table full of orchestra directors from that area and they want me to come and pull together sort of a district-wide orchestra that I would work with as and perform with as a conductor. The third area is quite different because all this traditional orchestral work that I do, to balance it somehow in my career, for 20 years I've taught free improvisation and have done it as a violinist. And that work has, while odd to some people or certainly out of the mainstream, has proved to be quite profound in many ways. To have people believe they're musicians, even if they're not got that title in their lives, and because the idea is that everyone is a musical, and to learn how to express themselves in in some way or another, kind of with the idea of Miles Davis said there are no wrong notes, you know? And, And so... I would go in and do improvisation workshops in the schools. It's it's a kind of a 
it, it's been new, but more and more people are sort of picking up on this in higher education now, where where musicians are being trained traditionally to play other people's music, but what about just doing anything of their own, just like you would do in a, in a creative writing class, you know? And but um, so a creative music writing class without writing it down, you know? And it's just in the moment to moment spontaneous music making. So so there those three areas we feel cover a lot of what needs to be covered. May, some of it isn't being covered. Some of it already is, and we're just going to expand upon it. And, of course, concerts are obviously going to be part of what you're doing. Looking ahead in your season brochure in February, you've got uh, concerts with uh, the duo that I know as Opus 2, mm-hmm. which has violinist William Terwilliger and pianist Andrew Cooperstock, who's a native of Rock Hill, so that'll yeah. be nice to have him come back to play. Andrew's a native, and, and Bill is the concertmaster of uh, the orchestra now. Wonderful. Yeah. Great. So uh, that's a great concert. Looks like it's got the Beethoven Egmont Overture, and then they'll be participating as the soloists in the Mendelssohn Double Concerto for mm-hmm. Piano and Violin. Also Dvorak's New World Symphony in that. That's in February. And then coming up in May, I guess you'll close your season with uh, rising violinist Janet Sung mm-hmm. and uh, a program that includes the Brook Violin Concerto as well as Beethoven Symphony Number no. 5, the Foray Pavan, and a Mozart's Overture to the Magic Flute. But you got to start off somewhere, right? So right, you're starting right. Saturday, September 8th, 7.30 p.m. at the auditorium at Rawlinson Road with uh, Marina Lomazov and uh, playing the piano in the Tchaikovsky Piano Concerto Number no. 1. So mm-hmm. have you worked with Marina before? I have, actually. Uh, I think it was about two years ago I had her as a, a guest soloist in New York. She came highly recommended, and then she came late because of the plane, the, the typical cancellations, which I myself went through two days ago. And for no good reason, but she had had to miss then the only rehearsal we had scheduled. We did it on one, and now it's on none. And so she's playing two piano concertos in a row, two Russian piano concertos, and she played them straight through right before the concert and then again at the same level of quality at the concert. So she's a great, real trooper. It really is a concert of fireworks in a way. It's all sort of 19th century showpieces, really, besides that concerto and the Weber overture, Uriante. Then it's the Roman Carnival and Moldau, and then Capriccio Espanol in Sikorsakov. What can you tell me about the Weber? Because that's probably the least familiar one of, of a... It's uh, underplayed, I think, mm-hmm. for one thing. I mean, so many of his overtures were innovative at their time. He was looked upon as a master composer. And when you study this music, it becomes clear that it's unique and powerful. In the middle of it, suddenly there's eight violins all by themselves playing. You know, it's a completely... A unique sound for that early in the 19th century. It's quite an opener. It's it's quite brilliant, actually, that piece. So I look forward to doing that. Before we wrap up, what can you tell me about your uh, appreciation for what uh, having an orchestra like this does for a community? I think one thing right away is that it gives a sort of civic pride. You can see it in places like Cleveland. And the city is just a shadow of what it used to be. Before steel pull and all that, but the orchestra and the art museum, 
are world-class. And the same with starting a new one and then taking pride in its continuance. It's going to take a village to do it, you know, and we already see this. You know, I go to these receptions and things already that people have had, and people come up to me and say, we're going to have an orchestra. And you can see it's exciting about it, you know, because once we start playing, they're going to see what they had missed. And we think that after the first concert, there'll be even more excitement about it. Well, it sounds like it's a well-poised organization and in good hands between the board and the leadership that you're bringing to them now. My guest has been music director Dr. David Rudge of the new Rock Hill Symphony Orchestra in South Carolina. He'll conduct the inaugural concert Saturday, September 8th at 7.30 p.m. in Rawlinson Auditorium. The program includes music by Weber, Berlioz, Smetna, and Rimsky-Korsakov, plus Tchaikovsky's first piano concerto with guest artist Marina Lomazov. Dr. David Rudge, thank you so much for speaking with me. Thank you for having me. Subscribe to this podcast at wdav.org slash subscribe and follow us on Facebook for classical music news, humor, and programming updates. WDAV is a service of Davidson College supported by listeners like you. Find us on the radio at 89.9 FM and HD1, streaming at wdav.org, or on our mobile app available at Google Play and the iTunes App Store. Thanks for listening.